We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Alrighty, let's grab our seats. In we come. How you doing? You well? You good? Good. Closer. Drawing closer to God. Because that, that's his heart, isn't it? He, he's, he's wanting, he's yearning. He wants to be with us. Like the prodigal father who's searching, looking. And uh, we might be following Jesus, but it doesn't stop him wanting to be with us. To, to give us life, to give us good gifts, to, to teach, to guide, to bring life. And uh, it, it's never a bad time to go into God's presence. It's never a bad time to meet with God and... His mercies in you. And there's always more of God, right? There's not levels in Christianity where you reach expert and then there's nothing else to know, right? There's more love, there's more grace, there's more resources, there's more understanding, there's more miracles, right? And so we're going to always know God more. And uh, that's our heart at the moment. And so I'm going to read a passage and, uh, and then we'll pray and then we'll talk about what's actually going on here because we're going to just pick something out of a a bigger story, and then we'll talk about what's going on before we get too far into it. But let's just read it for now. And it's in the book of 1 Kings 19, a book in the Old Testament. And uh, this is about one of the prophets, Elijah. And it says, But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> I wonder if God ever wants to ask us that. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing here? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me too. Now we might not live that life, but you might be like, I'm the only Christian in my family. My children are heathens, my husband's a heathen, my dog's a heathen, my colleagues are heathens. And they're not, but you know what I mean? Let's put ourselves in that position. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As, as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Everyone say, gentle whisper. Yeah. Whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, the same thing. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant. They've torn down your altars and they've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left and they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord God told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram, anoint Jehu son of Nimshi to be king of Israel, anoint Elisha son of... Shaphat from the town of Abel Mahalolah 
to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu, who's, but those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So he wasn't really alone, was he? But anyway, just lazy 7,000 others, plus Elisha. Lord, we uh, just come around your word today and uh, ask you to bring life, guide us, and uh, we just want to know you more. Be filled with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bit of a crazy story. God speaks to Elijah in a gentle whisper. Right. But there's a bit of backstory to this, right, in the few chapters. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarise like two to three chapters worth of 1 Kings. You can go read it if you want later. And, but there's been drought in the land for a number of years. And this is an agriculture community and not much else. So you imagine the damage that does. You imagine the stress, the death, the famine, right? So there's a drought. So that's bad enough, right? But the king and queen, they're evil. And they're trying to get everyone else to follow and worship false gods, Baal. And these weren't just like, these were evil false worship, we're talking uh, even things like child sacrifice. This was the false worship that was going on, right? So we're not talking like, oh, they've just missed the mark a little bit. They're way off of where they're meant to be, right? And, and you might have heard of the famous story of Mount Carmel. This is what happens next. Elijah says, hey, bring 400 of your prophets about, meet me on the mountain, and will both offer sacrifices to God, and who, whichever God rains down fire from heaven, that's the true God. Right. So they have this, this show off on the mountain, and he said, you guys go first because there's so many of you. And the 400 prophets did a song and a dance, they did everything they could, they did all their disgusting worship, and nothing happened. And Elijah starts mocking him, saying, hey, maybe your God's on the bathroom. Maybe he's gone for a trip. Right. And then he says, okay, pour water all over mine and around my sacrifice. And then he prays and then fire comes down from heaven. God's the true God. And then he goes away and prays for rain. And he sends his servant out to look, is there a cloud? Nah, no cloud. Go again, is there a cloud? Nah, no cloud. This goes on for a while. Finally, there's a cloud. Rain starts. Then he outruns a horse. I don't know. My favourite part of the story. Right. <laughs> he outruns a horse. And so like, a lot's going on, right? Drought, fire from heaven, a miracle, rain, breakthrough, super speed. Right? <laughs> a lot's happening. And then he goes and meets the, the king and the queen. And basically the queen says, oh, I'm going to kill you. Jezebel, I'm going to get you, I'm going to kill you. I'm paraphrasing, but that's the message here. And then Elijah just falls into a heap. He says, Lord, kill me now. What's the point? Kill me now, get rid of me. You're like, mate, you just like had a pretty good few days. A couple of miracles, like, I think you should be. But he falls into this exhaustion, this depression Lord, kill me, take me. 
and the Lord makes him have a big nap and some food because sometimes we're just a bit tired and hungry. And then after that, he travels to Mount Sinai and this is where we get this conversation. The gentle whisper. So there's a bit of backstory, isn't there? Elijah's had a big few years. He's had a big uh, couple of weeks. He's had a big few days. Right. There's been drought. There's been miracles. There's been breakthrough. There's been exhaustion. There's been worry and death threats, right? A lot's happened. And he comes and hears the gentle whisper from God. You know, we need to hear the gentle whisper from God. Sometimes there's earthquakes, sometimes there's fire, but we need the gentle whisper. You know, in seasons of drought, We need the gentle whisper. In seasons of praying for breakthrough, we need the gentle whisper. In seasons of of miracles, we need the gentle whisper. Of seasons of exhaustion, we need the gentle whisper. We need a gentle whisper from heaven. The whisper that encourages, that brings peace, that brings hope. You know, when I'm preparing you know, what to share or thinking about where we're going as a church, I'm listening for the gentle whisper. Okay, what passage and what's your heart in this and you're just listening for a gentle whisper. When I'm praying for someone or a situation, I'm praying but I'm listening for a gentle whisper. What to pray for, what to do next. When I'm feeling tired, when I'm worried, when I'm just feeling flat, I'm listening for the gentle whisper. The gentle whisper. Notice when the whisper came, God asked him a question. It was a conversation. What are you doing here? It's funny because God told him to go there, right? <laughs> it's like, God, you, right? So what are you doing here? You read your Bible, look how many questions... Jesus asks, look how many questions God asks. It's our Father, the Holy Spirit. Not, not, a, not a person like we understand, but the Bible calls the Holy Spirit a person because we interact. We can talk and pray, but we can listen. Did you know we can listen to God? We can talk with God, but we can listen, we can receive, and we need to receive and listen to the gentle whisper. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like a lot of different things. It might look like you're just praying or, and you feel to go to a certain story in the Bible you know about. And that, and that passage or that story that just brings life, right? I've shared a few examples, but when we were getting ready to have a baby in the thick of COVID, God took me uh, to a verse and re- reminded me of a verse. Uh, it's in John 14. It says, I leave you with a gift of peace, peace of heart and mind, and it's a gift the world cannot give. Now, I've read that a billion times before, not a billion, maybe a hundred. I read that a hundred times before, but when I read it in that moment, it was like, that's for right then, right now, this season. right? And God does that with passages and scriptures and words and stories. He leads us. Sometimes he uses preaching, sometimes devotional books, right? Because we have the word of God, but then the Holy Spirit reveals it and brings it to life. The Spirit of God. 
Sometimes God speaks in visions and dreams and pictures, right? When Gideon's ready to go to war, God gives him a vision. No, he gives actually the, the opposition a vision and Gideon hears about it, but they hear this vision, this picture. And the picture gives Gideon faith that the war's going to be okay. God gave Peter a vision of every animal lowered down on a blanket to say all are welcome into God's presence and relationship, not just the juice. Right. God speaks in pictures and visions and dreams. Think about the book of Psalms. It's all imagery. Right. God speaks in pictures and visions. And sometimes God speaks in this like inner, inner deep feeling. And we can't explain it perfectly because it's from heaven. That's why we can't explain it perfectly. But we're just, we're just filled with peace all of a sudden. That we're just, we're just filled with joy or comfort. That we're praying and we're asking God in. And, and it just, it's just this deep sense of knowing. You know, a couple of occasions I think I've heard the voice of God, but often I pray when I, when I don't know which one to do, ask God, give me overwhelming peace for what's right. I say, God, I'm not doing it unless I'm filled with overwhelming peace. And it's just such a deep. So sometimes God speaks to our like hearts. and our, Sometimes we hear the voice of God, and, and, and it's different for everyone, but I heard someone explain it like it's a... It's, it's like a spontaneous voice that brings life. Right. A direction of, hey, but this feeling of, hey, uh, text that person or reach out to them. Or pray for that. Or go to this place. I've had it in, in family and seemingly random. I remember once I felt to ask someone to play tennis. Well, that sounds really stupid. And I didn't even know their name yet. I just knew him as the bald guy with a goatee from Drake's. And asked the bald guy with a goatee to play tennis. Right? And I, and I checked his name tag first, so I didn't I say, hey, bald guy. I said, well, that, that might. So, hey, do you want to play tennis sometime? He said, oh, I'd love to. I love tennis. I play it from, oh, wow, that's cool. And we had conversations from there and, Sometimes it's to do something for your family or to pray something, but God leads and guides. Right. Sometimes it's for other people. And sometimes we get over-analytical. Well, is it from God? Or is it me? And yeah, we, it's just a test prophecy. And to, does it line up with Jesus? Is it Christ-like? Does it bring life? You know, often I feel to like encourage someone or say something. I'm like, oh, is it from God? Was it bring life and encouragement? We'll do it anyway. <laughs> so what's the worst that can happen? They're encouraged, right? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's this thing where the more we walk with God, the closer we are, the, the more we hear that gentle whisper, the more we can kind of, Relate to it, but we need the gentle whisper from heaven. Elijah is exhausted. He's tired. He doesn't know what to do next and he's got no hope. And we get lost in the funny names and locations. But God speaks two things. He speaks direction and hope. He tells Elijah what to do next. 
go to this place and anoint this person. Do you know God wants to give you so much more direction and guidance than we realise? Sometimes we put God into a box of a Sunday and we come and worship and we read our Bible, but God wants to give you literal things for your business, for your marriage, for your finances, for your friendships. He wants to, he wants to speak into our faith what to read, where? He wants to give direction. Don't, don't make a big decision without bringing it before God. Doing jobs or loans or, or opportunities, no, bring it before God. He wants to bring direction. He doesn't just send us out on our own, right? Pray for peace. Pray that God will speak. Right. Ask for direction. God wants to bless and guide family. He wants to help your parent. He wants to help you be a friend. He wants to help you in that social setting. I remember we had a worship night in our drossen and and one of the things I, I gentle whisper was to how to pastorally care for one of the footballers. Right. But wow, okay, that's that's cool. God wants to bring direction and guidance. And he wants to bring hope. Elijah was without hope. I'm the only one and they're gonna kill me. God's like, hey, anoint Elisha, and don't worry, there's seven thousand more. Right? How often we feel like that? I'm the only one, it's over, no one understands, I'm by myself, just end it all. Jesus, take me now. Saying, hey, I love you. There's 7,000 more. There's hope. It's not over. It's not the end. God wants to speak in hope to that hopeless situation. It might feel hopeless in the family, hopeless in work. You might feel like the world feels hopeless. It's not because God's involved. If God's involved, there's hope. Jesus defeated sin and death. Defeated it. He has victory over it. So if Jesus is involved and it's not dead, there's hope. Your family, your future, your past, he wants to bring hope. What gentle whisper do you need today? You know, Jesus retreated to hear the gentle whisper. Jesus did a lot of loud things, right? He interrupted funerals, brought people back to life. That's pretty loud, right? He flipped tables. That's pretty loud. He turned water into wine at a wedding. That would have got loud, right? He fed 5,000 plus their families. That's pretty loud. He calmed storms. That's pretty loud. But we see again and again he withdrew to meet with the Father. And at his greatest time of need, moments before the cross, he withdrew to meet with the Father. Let's read it in, uh, where are we? Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with them to the olive olive grove. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became, he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. 
Then he returned to his disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me for even one hour? Keep watching and pray so you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing but the body is weak. Then Jesus left him a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Then he returned to them again and he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came back to the disciples and said, Go on and sleep, have your rest, for look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. We don't get to read what God said or did. But knowing God, knowing Jesus, I think he received something to get him through the next few days. Jesus made time to retreat to hear the gentle whisper. Here's the thing about the gentle whisper. You don't hear it if you're not listening. Myra, our oldest, is, is a little bit shy till she's comfy. And once she's comfy, she's loud, but she starts slow. And, and if she's in a busy place, she'll whisper to us until she gets a bit comfier in her voice. And if I'm not listening, I don't hear it. We've got to listen to hear the gentle whisper. Uh, you don't hear it if too much is going on. If I've got the footy on, if Teddy's throwing a ball against something, if Nancy's pretending to be a horse, and I don't hear the whisper then. We don't hear the whisper if we've got too much going on. You don't hear the whisper unless you're purposeful. There's a lot of noise in our world. There's a lot of noise in our own heads. We've got to be purposeful in hearing the gentle whisper. There's a verse we've been reading most weeks from Matthew 7, and it says, Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. And we think it's about prayer, and it kind of is. But then it goes on to say, your parents, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, sorry, do you give them a snake? Of course not. For your heavenly Father gives good gifts to those who ask him. So it's about praying, but it's about knocking, asking, seeking on the door of the Father. About being purposeful, listening. Stopping. One more passage, and then we're done. Luke 10. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here how many of you have thought that before? Doesn't it unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. I'm cooking the dinner. I'm clearing up. I'm throwing all the rubbish in the spare room and shutting the door. I'm getting the drinks. I'm getting the nibbles. I'm working up a sweat. And she's just sitting down doing nothing. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 
There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Question. Do you think if Martha sat at the feet of Jesus, they still would have eaten dinner? I reckon dinner would have worked itself out. There are about 12 guys there. I think they would have had dinner. <laughs> right. I don't let dinner sleep. I don't imagine 12 blokes would either. There's always stuff to do. There's always things to worry about. Right? But Mary sat at the feet of Jesus to listen, to receive. Martha wasn't hearing it. We've got to be purposeful. We've got to stop. You know, in fact, the things we're often stressing and fussing and working on, half the time, they're the things Jesus actually wants to speak into. And we're so busy working and stressing and and doing something and worrying about something and God's ready just to bring life and a bit of direction and a bit of hope but we're so busy doing, doing, doing stressing, stressing, stressing worrying, worrying, worrying God's like stop listen, wait, sit I want to bring life listen for the gentle whisper will we stop? To draw closer means you've got to stop. And guess what? The world's going to go on. I've been reading a book and it's been talking about the Sabbath. And we're getting there. We haven't arrived getting it quite, quite right yet, but we're trying in our family. And it goes, the Sabbath makes you remember that it's not all up to you and about you. That actually, if you stop, the world's going to be all right. If you stop... It's going to be okay. If you stop, God's God, not you. We can stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. In fact, it's the most important thing we do because it brings life to everything else. And this is something we can do at church, but it's something that we need to do in our regular everyday life to stop, to meet with Jesus, but listen, hear the gentle whisper. You'd be shocked, you'd be so overwhelmed with the life he wants to bring into you every day. Seemingly random or practical things that bring life and miracles if we'll just stop and hear the gentle whisper. The peace he wants to bring. We're going to just have a moment where we just stop and wait and listen to the gentle whisper. I feel like God wants to really, I don't want to put a box on what God's going to do because I'm not God. But I feel like those two words, direction and hope, just like Elijah. I feel like some of us are in situations where we don't know what to do, we don't know if we're doing what we're meant to do, and we don't know what to do next. And God wants to bring direction. And some of us, we're, we're, we've got no hope. It's over, it's done, whatever. And he wants to, wants to speak hope. And it might be through a verse. It might be through a passage. 
It might be through a vision or a picture. It might be through a deep feeling. It might be through someone else. It might be a spontaneous voice that brings life. I don't know. Maybe today it might just be the first step of the story of what he wants to share. But God's heart is for us to speak to us. And often it's in the gentle whisper. We, we want the fire and the earthquake. They're more the exceptions to the rule. Right. The fires, the earthquakes, the big moments, they happen. But I think 99% of the time, if we listen, God wants to speak through the gentle whisper to guide, to mould, to bring life. So I wonder if just the keys could come in. We don't need the whole band or anything like that. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, you're already here. But we pray, we invite you to come and be Lord. Jesus, we stop and we sit at your feet. Jesus, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to perceive. God asked Elijah, what are you doing here? I don't think he was just talking about his practical location on the mountain. I think he was talking to his emotional health, his exhaustion, his spiritual health. Because we're not just in practical locations. We're all right here in Edithburg. But our hearts could be hurting. Our minds can be anxious. We can be running a million miles. We could be worried. We can be... We can be in situations we never imagined we'd be in. God asks, what's going on? What are you doing here? He wants to bring life and direction and hope. Holy Spirit, speak.